0: The iceberg podcast i'm amy Souter with the packer and pmg two trade publications in the fresh produce industry thanks so much for joining us we all want more customers, and we want our existing customers to eat more of our fruits and vegetables. So we need to target all our populations better. And that means going beyond the white mainstream majority. What is a good way to market to a more diverse end user? Hire people who share those perspectives, life experiences, and cultures. We need our industry from farm owners to retail executives to better reflect the diversity of the United States. Of the 3 million farmers nationwide, about 7% American minorities, including Hispanic, American Indian, African American, and Asian. That ratio has remained relatively flat in recent years, according to the Western Growers Association. And the U.S. Census Bureau tells us that almost 62% of the U.S. population identify as white alone. So that means 38% of the population identifies as another race or ethnicity. And that doesn't mean our field workers or packing houses are what we need to diversify more. We're talking middle and upper management and C-suite positions all along the supply chain. But barely any people of color are applying for these jobs, you may say. Well, first off, let's point out the elephant in the room. For an African-American person in the United States, often there's not the best association with agriculture. Slavery wasn't that long ago. Today, we want to work to change that cultural association to take social responsibility for including all people in all levels and facets of our industry and to better our businesses because, after all, we are here to do business. How do we recruit to our companies more people of color and any group of people sharing a religion, national origin, age bracket, gender identification, sexual orientation, or people with physical or mental disabilities? One way is to start by spreading awareness of the produce career opportunities to these communities while they're young, in high school and college. I talked with Michael Smith, president of his local chapter of Minorities in Agriculture, Natural Resources, and Related Sciences at Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. People call the national organization Manners for short, sounding out the acronym of M-A-N-R-R-S. The Professional Development and Networking Club works to change perceptions of agricultural careers and encourage greater inclusion of minority-represented populations to build a more prosperous, creative, and innovative industry. Let's listen to this conversation with Michael Smith about what convinced him to pursue a career in agriculture, what he's looking for in a job, and how those goals and values can help all hiring managers in our industry, from farm to supermarket shelf.
1: Hi, I'm Amy Souter, Northeast Editor of The Packer, and we have here with us Michael Smith. He is the Chapter President of Minorities in Agriculture, Natural Resources, and Related Sciences at Lincoln University, Jefferson City, Missouri. Welcome.
2: Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to be here.
1: So we heard that there is going to be Uh, an announcement by the governors of Kansas and Missouri that they're going to proclaim the week of August 22 to 28th as Minorities in Agriculture, Natural Resources and Related Sciences Week.
3: Yes. Or
1: or (laughs) manners for short for the acronym. Um, And I'm just wondering when there's like a week for this and that and a day for this and that, like why, why does this matter?
2: I believe that it matters because it also, it gives a broad perspective of what, how great agriculture can be and how, where we can go from here. And so manners emphasizes, you know, the development of agriculture, um, the progress in like our understanding of like soils and farming and technology and everything. And so manners has like a good, a big impact on how like we progress as a species. And so I think that it's important that we have a week because not a, lot, not a lot of people understand like the impact that manners has and the ability that manners can have on our society today. And so more, the more that people know, the more that people can understand and some people may join, some people may want to help. You know, there's just so many aspects of it that so many people don't really know about. And I think that a week would be a good idea to advertise and get the word out there.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there has been a lot of discussion about how there aren't that many people of color or other kinds of uh, minorities in top positions in the agriculture industry, either like farmers, like the growers or the, or the um, ranchers, like the ones who own everything
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and
1: um, or, you know, CEOs and of all the different ancillary businesses involved and that doesn't represent the, the percentage of the population that we actually have. Um, right. And maybe in the like past, there was a lot more and then something a lot of things happened. So I am wondering, like what does this organization, like how about at your school or or, or overall, like,
2: what does it actually do? Like I think before like, I can go into that, I can actually say that, First of all, I believe that agriculture within itself is misunderstood in okay. different ethnicities, because like, I know a lot of like African-Americans, I can only speak for them because those are the main people that I'm getting feedback from. But a lot of people think that it's always oh, it's predominantly white and that oh, uh, I can't do that because I'm not equipped for it. But it's like, you don't know what you're really equipped for unless you give it really a chance. And so... I feel like agriculture has this like perception in young people specifically, they're just like, no, I can't do that. Like that doesn't for me, that's not really for me. But you don't really know unless you really give it a chance. Like per se, like when I came to school, I didn't know much about agriculture. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to to have an impact on, on society and our environment. And so this is a good way for me to use the skills that I already know, use the skills that I'm getting from college also incorporate it into a job in a field that I know that is affecting my environment in a beautiful way.
1: What helped you make that decision to like, what are you studying or what's your major?
2: So my major is agriculture with the emphasis in animal science. Now, originally when I first came to college, I was gonna, I had my eyes, my mind set on being a veterinarian. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. But I think that was because I had lack of exposure from other areas. And so But when I got to college, I saw like all these different avenues and stuff. And so originally my my major was biology, but I ended up changing it, changing my major to maybe see something that I'm more uh, comfortable in. In agriculture, I wasn't really comfortable in. So I was taking a leap of faith in a sense. So when I ended up doing that and I ended up hearing about manners and I was like, I didn't know necessarily what manners was. And so the president at the time, he introduced me to everything and everybody and it was real like home family environment because it was more than just one ethnicity. It was in the group. There was Blacks, there was Whites, there was, there was a, it was a good mixing pot. And so I appreciated that because it felt like it had the feeling of inclusion. Inclusion is really important. And that's something that Manor offers, it offers inclusion. It's just people have to be open to being included.
1: How is diversity different from inclusion?
2: (laughs) I feel like diversity, so you can say that um, diversity is when, like, you can have different, like, ethnicities within a group, but inclusion is feeling a part of that group. You know, you feel like you can actually belong here. You feel like you can actually make an impact.
1: Like not feeling like the other.
2: Right, right.
1: So, I mean, did you have... Did you feel any kind of hesitation like you'd be entering like a, a like, like a white man's world or something and you wouldn't want to like uh, and no, know, like like you're just legit. excited about the science and
2: the, the future the career of it or like when I first started I was like this is really like a predominantly white like area and I'm just like I'm already I already have so many boundaries and so many obstacles in my path as an African-American man. And it's just, it was interesting to see like my development, my like gaining my own power and being like, just because I had this thought process at one point, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm unable to make an impact. That doesn't mean that I'm not able to take my skills and put it out there and showcase them and show the world that I'm capable of any, just like everybody else.
1: So this organization kind of helps, do you think it can help other people of, of, all different kinds of ethnicities and colors to um, or background, Oh, definitely. Like definitely feel like a little bit of a support or safety net to to enter into something that doesn't have as many of people who are like you in whatever way.
2: I definitely. I really believe that uh, man gives you that outlet to explore what you don't know. You know, it gives you that that uh, tool that you can use to under properly understand like what agriculture means and what impact we can have as a student body, whether you're in high school, college, you're an adult, regardless. So I just feel like manners it, it really is a good outlet for everyone. Like if it's given the right chance.
1: What does it actually do? do I mean, what do you
2: do? So like, Here on campus, we we have our like fundraising ideas, and like we have certain things to make agriculture fun because like these incoming freshmen, per se, like they didn't know anything about agriculture. A lot of them came from like rural areas. They came from big cities and stuff, and so like I came from a big city, so I understand like where they were coming from. Was
1: it Chicago? You had said.
2: Yeah, I'm from Chicago. And so they really didn't have a proper understanding of what uh, agriculture was. And the thing that I love about manage is that it really breaks it down to the standpoint where it's like you have the impact whether you think you do or not. And that's what I think is very vital. And like, so here on campus, we have like educational booths sometimes. We tell people like everything that they do, do have an impact, whether it's recycling or it's um, the amount of waste that you're uh, in, food, or, you know, it's, it's several, multiple things. Recently, we had a tour of our, our, of our farm, and so these kids, they didn't know anything about it, and so we took them out there, and you should have saw, like, the spark in their eyes that they really, it was a really eye-opening experience, and so because this is the first time some of them have actually seen animal before they haven't seen it they haven't seen it go they haven't like they haven't seen those type of things and so it was like being a child for for the first time in forever and a lot of times, like we get co- so consumed with being adults and that we have to get this done this done and this done but it was really interesting to see that it, it was like a a weight being lifted off their shoulders and it felt like we went back in time like we went to where we were kids again
1: a stumbling block for, for getting a more diverse and inclusive industry is one, just awareness, right. And just making it attractive to, to right. people and showing how, and I hear this word a lot from you, impact <laughs> that they can make an impact through like what environmental and sustainable type causes, but in other ways too, do you have a specific, like a specific idea of of what kind of job you would like or uh, is there still a lot of unknowns
2: I would like a job that mainly deals with animals because I am an animal lover whether it's companion animals or farm animals like I love that energy and so if I'm able to I would love to like help with raising them or dealing with the food that they eat, whether it's companion or farm animals. Um, I like understanding like the uh, nutritional factors about it. I like hands-on type of deal. Like I like physically helping the animals in any way that I can because, you know, animals need help, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah. At the end of the day, I would just really like an, a job or a, a career mainly focused with animals and helping them.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds like there's a lot of ways that you could do that and it could look like many different things. Right. For uh, large companies, like we deal with a lot of like giant companies, like agriculture companies. Um, mm-hmm. And if they want to recruit, you know, and have a more diverse staff, the ways that they could entice you would be Mm -hmm. those ways is that is that right like show how you can have an impact you want to be hands-on and i know we've we've written about how the younger generation doesn't want just a job but wants to like do something that that aligns with their values and like right Right. it has to have like meaning and
2: and, right. I've always you know. felt like that when I was younger. I was like, whatever job that I have, I don't want it to be just like, oh, I gotta want to I gotta want to work and I want something that I feel good about and that I'm happy going into and doing.
1: So like feeding the world is a good one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or
1: doing that in a way that preserves the the earth and the resources so that
2: we can keep feeding the world. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Like what is the way that people search for jobs? Do you use certain sites
2: or? Yeah, so I I use um, USDA. I use Indeed. I I know you kept asking about um, recruitment for like different ethnicities. I would always just try to tell like the higher ups to try to make it where people can better understand what they're doing and like how they can be involved and how can they support and how can they like interact? Because I know a lot of times it feels like some people are left alone or left on the outside and it doesn't really feel like homey. It doesn't feel like, oh, you can come in you can, you can be a new guy and, and still feel important and still feel valued. So that's what I would say, because I know a lot of people who have entered into a business where they felt like they were just another one of the employees. They didn't feel as though they had a voice and they didn't feel like they had a motive, a drive. And so that's what I would say.
1: So you definitely need a company culture that makes everyone feel like a part of a team. Sometimes they say family, which can sound cheesy sometimes, but it actually does feel like that sometimes.
2: No. When it's done right. I I relate family two manners in a sense because when I came to college I was kind of lost like I came here because you know it's not that many options either you go to college or you go to trade school or something like that and so you can come to college especially if you're being if you're like the first generation And so you can come to college not knowing what to do and not knowing like where to go. And so manners kind of helped me find out where I needed to go and what, and helped me in the direction that, even though it was scary and it was unknown, I was willing to take a chance.
1: So just kind of like shifting the responsibility on on changing the culture of the
2: industry. I feel like it does. It has like it it does weigh like heavy on the shoulders of who was really up there and who was really controlling everything. But again, I feel like a fraction of it does go to, um, the different ethnicities and minorities, because again, they don't know. They won't know until someone tells them, but then once you tell them, it's up to them to be like, okay, maybe I can do this. And so I don't, I don't want to, totally blame it on the, on the companies or whatever. Cause I I've talked to a, a lot of minorities now and they're just like, Oh no. And if they know about it, they'd be like, Oh no, I'm not really comfortable about it. But it's like, how are we ever going to integrate and how are we ever going to be one if we don't try?
1: Yeah. That's a really good ending. <laughs> yeah. Just spreading awareness and making it seem accessible and friendly and and impactful and interesting and, right. and, um, and that you're going to be involved and in, and, you know, you're going to be a part of the team and
2: right. all that, all that stuff.
1: Right. Okay. And this organization kind of helps, helps get that going. It,
2: it breaks the ice. I can say that it breaks the ice of the nervousness of the uncertainty. There's still going to be a little bit of uncertainty, but
1: yeah, that's what they think yeah. that you
2: do. Leaving
1: college and starting your career. That's, that's a little bit of right. an uncertain time.
2: Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. It was nice meeting you.
2: You as well.
0: And there you have it. That wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Enjoy our earlier episodes too. Some great conversations with members of the industry. And we'll have more of those coming up in the next week or two. And then after that, and so on. Thanks so much for your support. Have a wonderful week. Keep listening for a special discussion with Sunview Marketing International. We are speaking with Mitch
4: Wetzel, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Sunview Marketing International to talk about 2021 innovation and Table Grapes and what we can expect in the future. How are you doing today, Mitch?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
4: Thanks for coming on. I would love to start with what Sunview means by your
3: single source. Well, that's something that we've kind of come to focus on over the last few years. And really, it boils down to this. It's one family, one grower, and one-stop shop. We cover a broad spectrum of products in the table grape category, but uh, there's no outside fruit that comes through.
4: Innovation is such a broad topic, and I would love for you to kind of elaborate on how does it relate to the table grape growing in California?
3: Well, it's born really out of necessity right now. Um, We're struggling quite a bit with labor challenges, not only the cost of labor, but the availability of labor, Skilled labor, you know, table grapes are very focused and a very much a hand labor product. We've got folks that work for us for over 40 years. And that labor pool is dwindling. The costs keep going up, wages keep going up, and that's presenting challenges. And then obviously water is a big topic in California right now too. Overall regulation is a big topic. We've got to figure out a way of doing things smarter, not harder. We've got to be innovative. Otherwise, we'll kind of shrivel up and die.
4: Can you talk a little bit to me about sustainability within the table grape industry?
3: You know, we want to be a good steward, first and foremost, to, to our teammates, our associates that, that work for the company. The family thinks it's very important to make sure that they have a safe and stable environment to work in. And then they have longevity, right, and a career. The second thing is, is really the land and water piece on the stewardship. We have a pretty comprehensive water plan uh, where we have a good blend of open ground and planted ground. So I think we're in a, a much more advantageous position versus other permanent crop growers because we are, we do have a strategy. And frankly, that strategy started 25 or 30 years ago.
4: What about your proprietary brands?
3: Well, again, that's another part of the stewardship and the innovation, right? So we have our own breeding program. I believe it started over 40 years ago. uh, And we've got some products in the market now, our Sweet Carnival, our Stella Bella, our Sparkle, our Rosa, our Gem, and they're very well followed in in the retail sectors and even overseas. You've got to be innovative to put something on the shelf that the consumer wants. We also have to find something that's not as susceptible that the productivity per acre is up, that it colors evenly, that it, you know, you can go in and harvest it easier. I mean, there's all these different components that go into it driven by those challenges that we're having in California. We've got to really push push the limit here, so.
4: We keep talking about how Sunview is a third generation family owned company. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit on that?
3: The one family is the Zaninovich family and they are third, almost fourth generation. I think passion coming from the family really drives the innovation first and foremost. Believe it or not, a family-run company where you have a clear decision-making tree, you're not necessarily in a committee or have to go to a board, gives us an enormous amount of agility. For instance, if someone were to happen upon us with some sort of new packaging design or something innovative in another produce sector, or even in another food sector that we see, then it's very easy for us to take that, maybe put it into some trials and then basically turn on a dime and start to implement it. If there's so much value to it, it's very, very, very hard to be an owner operator who's on the ranch every single day. Yeah. I, I, it it's just the competitive nature of it, the, the ability to notice the subtle changes, the agility piece. It's hard for corporate farming to beat a full-scale family farm day in and day out, I think. Let's face it, it's more fun that way too, right?
4: You, you mentioned that Sunview has their own breeding department, which is amazing. And they own their own farm. They grow and harvest and market only their own grapes. How does that help you stay innovative?
3: What distinguishes us from other folks is that we really own the whole grape category, soup to nuts. I mean, it starts in the embryonic stage with the breeding program. We have our own commercial nursery where we're controlling the plants that go into the ground. Then we have our normal table grape operation with production and distribution, the whole cold chain. And then whatever doesn't get used there, we usually utilize it for raisins. And our raisins are fantastic. Our raisins are, 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 frankly, they're not the typical raisin. They're really big. Um, I think in a typical raisin, you're going to get about a 1,000 pieces per pound. And in ours, we get about 400 pieces per pound. It's a pretty unique product. Oh, my gosh. And then you have the wine part. And and we own three wineries. We have a winery in Napa. We have a winery in Northern California. Then we have a winery just right out here outside of the parking lot. We just did an audit the other day. It's 99.9% of the product is used in one of our businesses. So there's very, very, very little product that that goes unused.
4: So what's the biggest impediment to innovation as it relates
3: to table grapes? It's challenging for us to, to make sure we get enough value out of our current product line in order to invest in that innovation. Domestic retail, especially, is, is going through challenging times. The cost of doing business in California keeps going up every every year. And, and I'll tell you right now, it's eating up quite a bit of our budget that could be going to innovation, whether it's taxes, whether it's water, whether it's insurance. We've all heard about the pallet scenarios this year with pallets going up, boxes going up, and materials going up. It's challenging.
4: What's on the horizon for SendView?
3: got a few different projects in the loop. We're probably gonna have three or four new varieties being released over the next couple of years that we're excited about. We're excited to start traveling a little bit more again and get into markets. We, we have been doing a little. There's some packaging things that we're working on that would achieve both a sustainability or recycl- recyclability component, as well as hopefully making it more efficient. Mitch, it was so nice speaking to you.